Thank you. Hello, 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 all of my friends out in social media land. How are you this beautiful day? I hope you're having a fantastic one. It's Trish Carr from Women's Prosperity Network, and I'm so excited to be here with you again for another episode of Be Real, Get Real, where Women's Prosperity Network really delves into who are the people behind these businesses. You know, we all do business with business, but the truth is, it's the people who run the business. It's the people who are the real deal. And the more we get to know the people, the more we can actually create a relationship, the more we can do for our clients. So it's about being real. And today I am so thrilled to have with me someone who is real and who shares that with other people because she is on a mission. She's on a mission and you'll be hearing her story. But what she does is she gives you the best gift you could bestow upon the people you love. When you leave this world, the gift is that you have put together your last wishes, where they can find all your stuff, so that you're not adding on to the trauma they're dealing with by having to look up your passwords and to see where your insurance is. It's called instructions, and we all want to make sure we leave them. So today, I'm so excited to have with me Mary Jane Charles, who is the um, the CEO and the um, the owner, if you will, of Last Wishes and Support. Mary Jane, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Thank you. It's always exciting to be around and be with you. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, Mary Jane, you have your story is not unusual. It's really a shame that so often we're not prepared when we lose somebody we love that's close to us and that we need to make sure that we can take care of their final effects, their wishes. And for you, that was um, pretty sudden, wasn't it? It was. He, uh, had My husband had been ill. He wouldn't see a doctor. He referred. Wait, he wouldn't see a doctor? How unusual for a husband. <laughs> Right. And, and I went to the doctor later. <laughs> right. And they consult Dr. Google, which is really not healthy for anybody because the people around you are watching you become sicker and they can't do anything except sit there and yell at you. And How long was he sick, Mary Jane? About a good six to eight months. Really? And what was his what were his symptoms? Um he was getting, he thought he needed to lose weight. This is, I mean, it might be unrelated. I don't know. We never spoke to a doctor. But um, he put himself on a water diet. Basically, you can drink too much water. Your kidneys get inundated like any good uh, pump, if you will. They're basically a pump. So too much is too much. And he started losing weight. And then he couldn't stop. And I think he had kidney damage or, I mean, it just made sense to me, Nancy Nurse here. I have no training whatsoever. But from there, uh, he couldn't reverse it. And on three occasions that I know of, um, 
he had what they call a TIA, trans-ischemic attack, which is a mini stroke. And, and even then, he didn't go to the doctor? No. I called 911 and the EMTs arrived and they did what they do. And uh, they're on the phone. We lived in a rural community in Washington, a state right across from Portland in the middle of the Columbia River Gorge. So it's an hour either way to a hospital. He um, declined transport. And, um, you know, you know the EMTs in the rural community, they're your football coaches, they run the supermarket, whatever else they do. And one fellow walked me out, he said, Mary Jane, I can't push him. I said, no, we're doing due diligence right now. So I kind of comforted him because I knew the person they were dealing with. So they leave and I said to him in no uncertain terms, I said, just so I know the next time, so I don't get so upset. Does my opinion matter? And there was silence. I thought, I mean, it broke my heart, but I was like, son of a gun, I'm not going to worry about you because this had been going on for too long. That happened two more times. Two more TIAs? Pardon? Yeah. That two, in, two in front of me and, and uh, others, evidently. And I was mad at him because we were 30 miles from the truck stop where you make sure, you know, you grab your Coke and make sure you have gas. And he drove in spite of calling me, he drove 30 miles after having had one. And I was livid. He said, well, I said, I'm not worried about you, everybody around you. How dare you drive with um, double-decker or whatever they call them, double-decker lumber 18-wheelers. I mean, that's right on 84 that goes from the inland waterways to the gorge. I mean, it's amazing. Anyway, so I was fit to be tied. And then this we had moved from that area to one closer in, in the interim. And um, here we were in this house for four or six weeks. And he was just descending in front of me. And so I chased him around almost uh, with the medical directive. And, and no, no, I don't need one of those. And so one morning he was exceedingly weak and he wanted to see his partner. And I said, well, I'm driving. You're not driving. I hadn't slept well. And I tried one more time. Uh, so we get in the car and we go where we're supposed to be, only 20 minutes away. And I thought, oh, good, he probably got a catnap. He was snoozing. In fact, he had died in the car seat next to me. Oh, my goodness. And so I took a deep breath. I wasn't really shocked because of all the stuff that had gone on. So, but I was, you're numb. And I was trying to absorb the moment man next to me in the next car space, I guess I had the window open. He said, you're having trouble, so I'll call 911. And I thanked him, I'm sure. I never saw him again, so I don't know who that was. But within an hour, I'm in the ER waiting room. I made several phone calls. Uh, it's me, the partner. My son had arrived in walks, the um, doctor the ER doc and his scrubs and says, I need his um, medical directive. I said, well, I don't have one. 
So hold that thought. So the med, let me make sure I got it. Medical directive is it is the, the plug. If I'm not dead, yes. So was he gone or was he not at that they point? Were, they were able to um, revive him to a degree. So, he so was, they revived him, and then they said, "Okay, do you want to pull the plug?" I'm like, Why? "Yeah." I guess they had to revive him because you didn't have a DNR or anything like that. And, well, they they make every effort to do that. And uh, and that's what I'm working up to. The EMTs do not have any medical authority. They're basically a taxi. And they're on the phone with the hospital as soon as they get a patient in and consulting with them all the time. So the point of a medical directive, it gives the EMTs instructions out the gates and they relay that to the hospital. So that, Is that your alarm? Yes. Go get it. Okay. Mary Jane's going to go get her alarm. It's going off. Okay, so how's this for interesting? He dies in the seat next to her. They go to the hospital. They revive him. And now they're asking for the piece of paper so they can unrevive him. That's so crazy. Well, they don't know what the wishes are. Of and course. In medical training, if there's even a, you know, they get the pulse back, they work to do no harm, but to have somebody live. And meanwhile, what are you going through mentally thinking, oh, my God, do I revive him? What do I do? I mean, where were you emotionally in all of this? Uh, we, when I pulled into the parking lot, it just so happened this coffee shop that he and his partner would go to was literally six blocks from a hospital. So we were fortunate enough that it was close. And... Um, I sat in the car, EMT got in the car. They took my husband into the ambulance and they closed the doors. I knew that wasn't good. And off they went. They said, we're going here. And I said, I'll follow you. So all that took less than five minutes mm -hmm. to get from the parking lot to the hospital. And they just fly in behind the doors with the patient. And so they do their best. And I'm sitting there thinking about the medical directive. So earlier that morning when, just before we were leaving, I said, I thought to myself, let me try one more time. I don't know where the idea came from, but I had the medical directive in one hand and my phone in the other. And I said, if I read this to you, will you let me video your answers? And he said, yes. It took me about 25 minutes, but I got the medical directive on my phone with him nodding or shaking his head. I asked them in yes and no fashion. And, and I, of course, your brain's not working. The phone would have date and stamped whatever video, but of course right. I recorded right. the clock on the mantle and I had that. So the doctor's in front of me and I said, I don't have papers, but I have my phone. And I showed it to him. He was flabbergasted and most appreciative because he could see his patient in front of him only a few hours earlier. And he looked at me and he said, I have my marching orders. And at that point, he was disconnected and brought up to what they call palliative, well, I don't know if it was palliative care, ICU, but basically where they take patients to pass. 
because he and, and time and he did. He died an hour officially, an hour and a half later. So how long was all this? He dies next to you in the seat. The next thing you know, you're holding your video camera. How long was that? About uh, an hour? About an hour. Well, I saw you the ride there and wow. then they, the process. So two and a half hours later, I was actually using my phone to prove to the doctor um, what the patient's wishes were. How did you keep it together? Um, it was um, an out-of-body experience, to say the least. I uh, I just marched. I, I knew what they wanted. Um, I had had a husband die early on, long ago, before any papers were married. Uh, were married were required. Uh, he was 27 and died of ALS. And oh in God. that time, it was in the late 70s, <clears throat> pardon me, mid to late 70s. There were no papers. Papers were for old people, wills for right. old people. Right. So that was a whole fiasco unto itself. So I became very aware of papers through the years, especially the main um, court case in Florida. And, I forget the case name now, but um, woman was sick and husband. Yeah. I remember. I remember. So, anyhow, um, I I went within, and I just marched. And my son was there, and I could see he was upset. That was his stepfather, and I said, "We just we march. We just keep going for now. Let's get through this." And uh, we leaned on each other a lot. But we were, because of all that had preceded it, and this might, I don't intend this to sound callous, it was a relief because that whole portion of things was over. And there was mm -hmm. a lot of garbage that went on for a long time. So I was absorbing the relief that this is done and we'll just get through the rest, whatever it comes. So I got home and... You know, you sit there and you're like, what the hell just happened? Right. And I made a couple of calls. I didn't make it crazy. I told my neighbors, uh, the ones that mattered, and people are wonderful. At no point from that moment until the estate closed 18 months later, and then because we didn't have an attorney, uh, nobody cared, wanted to follow people around and say, you need to sign this. It, it's, you can lose your disposition really quickly. I'm sure you can. No matter how positive you're being in your head, you want to yeah. slap somebody. Uh, and some people need to be like, grab them by the throat and meet their eyeball and say, sign it. Yeah. Well, I get to a no, you're doing it today. We yeah. need this for the court. And I did. I got really nana about it. But what I realized in retrospect, I've been a realtor. I've been an office manager. I've been in HR. I was an event organizer. What else did I do? I, You know, the list is long. You pull every arrow out of your wicket to make it work. And I thought, who do we know? Where's the um, funeral going to be? And I said, what do you mean? We're going to go back to St. John Fisher. 
that's where we started this whole ball game. I made one phone call to my friend, Roseanne, who always sang. She said, got it. She took care of the flowers, the reception, the music. I just, you need one person. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. It's like creating a wedding in like for next week. Five minutes, yeah, yeah. Get the church lady or the lady at the temple or however you express your feelings or um, have ceremonies. There's always someone in charge who do this out of the goodness of their heart because they do it. I mean, they paid for it. And so you can put a big check mark. You are going to have a list of items you never dreamed and conversations. So you keep your humor close to your heart. I had three different women, very different human beings and, and walks of life say, Mary Jane, now you can put the furniture where you want. <laughs> I'm thinking, what is with the furniture? I mean, it was once I thought I smiled at her. Second, I'm like, what? And the third came up, I'm, you're going to talk to me about furniture? Go away. You know? Oh, that's too funny. But um People arise, they, they speak to you, and you, you, you're in the middle of this numbing situation. I got a phone call from a, a friend's husband, very nice man. We knew each other very lightly. And he called, and they had a tone of voice I'd never heard Mark use before. And he was like, Mary Jane, you've got this. I said, thank you, Mark. Very nice of you. And he interrupted me. He wanted me to know. I could do no wrong, and any decision I made in the moment will be fine, and just to own it and not worry about that. Well, I think this is the first time I've told that particular story that I didn't get wobbly. It was the kindest thing anyone has done, among the kindest things that anyone has ever done for me. It put me at ease, and it gave me the confidence to speak with the adult step people and to speak with attorneys whose services I would need Monday. Uh, brings me to another point. Make a friend with an attorney in the next few weeks if you've not already written your will. Wills are not dependent upon your pocketbook. They are dependent upon how you want your papers carried out and who gets what to a degree but you definitely need an attorney. We didn't have a will, so there was no executor named. I had to wait two to three more weeks. I found an attorney down the block. She had her shingle out. I thought, do you do probate? She said, yes. Um, but it took her another two weeks to get the document from the state of Washington probate so that I could sign off on bank accounts and I could pay the bills. And uh, you don't want to have to wait that long. Money, business, our lives change, and they might have all kinds of things surrounded in the change, and people you don't want to see are coming to visit. You don't also have to worry about money. You want that smooth transition. You want to keep your lights on, like the light behind me and you know your rent is paid, yeah. uh, your brain can only go a few places. And if you have no idea how to get into the bank accounts, if you don't know the passwords to get in to pay the bills, 
So yeah. I just put up on screen the five actions, the top five actions you can take. Tell everybody about what they can expect to get there. For today, and, and they're all fairly simple, your medical directive. It's online, it's free, and make sure you have it for your state. We all move around a bit. You don't want to have to bump into a, a, a hard conversation and say, oh, well, that's Connecticut. That won't work. Ah! And, and, and really, you don't, I mean, think about this. If you don't have one and you get hit by a car and you're never coming back and they keep you alive, they can't unconnect you unless that's you right. have that form. So right. if you, you know, and all of us say, you know, I don't want to be hooked up to machines, but you can't just say it. No, you have to have and, it in writing. And even if you're the wife, you you can't say unplug them. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you read around people in the old movie magazines while they wanted to. Right. You can't do that. Right. You need it in your penmanship and, and have it notarized and go to an attorney. He can do all these things for you, but at least have the, the, the run of the mill, whatever the state gives yeah, you. Yeah, uh, exactly. So you, and, and make copies. They're not meant to be um, secret. You want right. one on your night table, your glove compartment, make a small copy for your wallet. We hear people fall in the driveway, trip over a curb. Uh, I face planted on someone's lawn about a month and a half ago. Hi, <laughs> boom. At I mean, I can lay on the grass. At least you fell on the grass and not on the concrete. I don't know. She said, oh, there was a hole there when they, you know, and I got that story. I'm like, yeah, this is my face. It's the only one I have. I mean, I was laughing. I popped back up again. But so the, um, to have your things in order, all the details, and put them in one place, like a workbook. Yeah. And Mary Jane, you do, you have a book and a workbook that guides people. Yes. You also do one-on-one -on -one where you hold people's hands to help them find what they need. You also do group training classes I where people can find out everything they need because Listen, I know my mother-in-law died a few years ago and she wasn't, you know, my mother-in-law, but we didn't know where she had things hidden or what she wanted or, you know, it comes down to what does somebody want at the end of their life? And many times they don't have the ability to tell you. So I urge you, all of you who are with us today, go to that link and get the top five actions you can take today. Because at the worst time in your life, you do not want to have this being compounding your anguish. That's yeah. it. So Mary Jane, thank you so, so much for sharing your story. I mean, people, we don't realize how fleeting life can be. And, you know, to be driving to a friend's house and your husband die in the seat next to you, Unfortunately, it happens more often than people think. And your story and what you did has turned into such a mission that's making a difference for so many of us. And I thank you for thank that. You. Thank okay. you for that. Make sure you go to lastwishesandsupport.com, lastwishesinsupport.com, and you can find out everything about Mary Jane's classes, the book. Mary Jane, your book is on Amazon. Tell me about that. 
Yes, it is. Um, I, this is the book I wrote in three weeks after the funeral. I, and what's um, it called? It's called Surviving the Business of Dying, Why Final Papers Matter. Surviving the Business of Dying. Go to Amazon and get that. Yeah. And this is the workbook. And it is simple question and answer. And there's plenty of room. You have page questions. And on the other side is white space. But I made it yellow so you can find it. I made it large so you can find it. And it's, oh, my goodness. If something happened, God forbid, to Trish, everyone would you know, get the yellow book. And it has her passwords. And it's meant for everybody. I would suggest it for anyone over 18. We all live through COVID. Um, yes. But on the other side, it's just a good thing to have. And that that's not a thing. It's giving a dinner table conversation. You want to keep it between you and a person I call your first lieutenant. So you have to buy the books to find out what that's all about. Wonderful. All right. Well, go ahead and go to Amazon. Pick up your Surviving the Business of Dying books. Get your free top five actions that you can take today. And really, don't let this conversation be one of those that you heard and you have to do something with. Right now, on your browser, tinyurl.com. Oh, look, I didn't have it spelled right. tinyurl.com. Let me fix that. tinyurl.com. There we go. And it is slash top five, the number five actions today. Do this. Do not just listen and say that was good. Mary Jane, thank you very much. I appreciate you. I thank you so much for the difference that you are making for so many people. And it's a horrific story and you have transformed it into something that's changing people's lives. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for watching and being a part of Be Real, Get Real with Women's Prosperity Network. I look forward to connecting with you. Go to the website and start your free membership today. What are you waiting for? This is an amazing community of business women who are real people. We're heart-centered, like-spirited, and like-minded. And together, we learn to be the best we can possibly be so that with our products, our projects, and our services, we make a massive positive difference in the world like Mary Jane. Thank Thanks, you, everybody. Jane. Appreciate you being with us. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Trish Carr is <laughs> out. <laughs>